Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, friends. I am thrilled, delighted about the opportunity I have of having a brief conversation with you today. Thanks for letting me into your life. I'm thankful to God because I believe that he gives us these opportunities so we can take action, so I can address the things the Word of God has to say to you and to me, and you can also listen, analyze, take action, and become part of the team that propagates the good news that God's love is available. Jesus said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. With that in mind, I invite you to join me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that there is access to heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you that Jesus paid the price that our sin demanded, and by faith we can come into the protection and fellowship of our Heavenly Father. So we pray today for the listener who is on the verge, who is sitting on the fence, and wants to have this great, great salvation. Lord, move her, challenge him, bring them to the foot of the cross, and help them to walk away, sins forgiven, guarantee of heaven, and peace in their hearts. For Jesus' sake, amen. We were together last week. We continue to look at the fallout from one of the questions Jesus asked. I've been intrigued with those questions, and the one we discussed partially last week had to do with Peter, after they had gone fishing all night and caught nothing, and Jesus brings them to the table on the shore on that morning, feeds them, and then speaks personally to Peter, asking him, Peter, do you love me? And we're Recalled that this went on three times. Jesus began by asking from the high and lofty level of love, the agape love, Peter, do you agape? Do you love me with all of your being? The kind of love that God had for you. The kind of love that I demonstrated on the cross. I believe Jesus Christ was thinking. And Peter responded with a filial word, which means, Yes, Lord, I love you. But it didn't go to the extent 
where it said, I'd lay down my life for you. Although Peter, as we spoke about it last week, had been the one who said he would die with Jesus. And I believe a little bit of reality settles in. And Peter understands his human frailty. And he's admitting, Lord, I really can't love like that. And Jesus, on his third question, uses the same word that Peter used, which meant love, great love, but not the God kind of love. And I believe, I said last week, and I want to say it again, God meets us where we are. And the Lord Jesus, I believe, demonstrated in that question and answer session with Peter that he's willing to take you, to take me, to take her, to take him with what he has. And he will build it for you. God will grow your faith. God will grow your love. The Lord Jesus made it very clear. Writing in the same Gospel of John, John records for us the promise of the Lord Jesus. He said, the Spirit of God, who is among you, is going to come to dwell within you. And with that indwelling Holy Spirit of God, you and I can grow in grace. I am talking to somebody right now who is at the beginning stage of your walk with God, and you you failed. You didn't do it the way you thought the Bible says you should. My friend, Jesus wants to meet you right there, and the Spirit of God will grow within you, will cause to develop within you a greater love, a deeper faith, a fuller expression of your abandonment to God. This morning time breakfast meeting on the ocean, on the beach, has lessons, lessons for you and lessons for me. Jesus meets us where we are. Jesus supplies our needs as we are. But Jesus is waiting for us to say, Lord, I'll do it all for you with your power and your grace. So Jesus, we recalled last week, gave Peter an assignment. He told him to feed his sheep, feed his lamb. And we followed Peter after this experience and the ascension of the Lord Jesus back to heaven. We follow him back to Jerusalem and after the Holy Spirit had come upon them in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, Peter, full of the Holy Ghost, went out and expressed his love for God, proclaimed the message of salvation, and abandoned himself to the cause of Christ. Locked up, thrown out, came back out, preached again. And the life of Peter was no longer one of fearful timidity. It never had been, but now there was a boldness on the right side of the track, a boldness that God alone could give, a boldness that was going to be used of God to challenge and bless and bring people into a relationship with himself. And as we follow Peter through his life, we realize that he had, in fact, taken up the cross of the Lord Jesus and followed him. And that's what Jesus said to the disciples in the beginning 
of their ministry. He says, if you're going to come after me, you must be willing to lay down yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Peter did that. I don't know where you get, or anybody gets this highfalutin prosperity gospel that says your your season is coming today, and every day it's your season coming. What about a season for God? Peter got the message that the season that he was living was for the glory of God and the proclamation of the good news, the good news. And so Peter later on writes in his epistle, if any of you suffer as a Christian, don't be bothered by it. Don't be embarrassed by it. Don't be defeated by it. He says, let it be a crown of honor. Now he made it very clear. Don't go out and get into trouble, minding other people's business, living in a sinful state. But he says, lift up the name of Jesus. You will recall that the term Christian was never used by the Lord Jesus or by any of his apostles until Peter uses it here. You see, in Acts chapter 11, we were told that the Christians were called, the, rather the believers were called Christians first in Antioch, Acts eleven twenty six. It suggests to me, and I believe that you will agree, that they were being labeled for how they behaved, their lifestyle, their dramatic change of direction was very clear. It was an eloquent message that something deeper than the surface had occurred in these people and the outsiders called them Christians as a nickname, the Christ ones. All those who were of the way were called Christians. And then we find Paul, as he's on the judgment seat, so to speak, challenged by the judge. He says, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. Again, I believe with a lilt of sarcasm, as if to say, do you think in this short time you're going to make me believe the way you believe? Paul responds appropriately, and he expresses a desire for not only the king, but all those in the room to come follow Jesus Christ. My friend, being a Christian is a lifelong experience. It's not a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening. It's 24-7. It's being wrapped up in the bundle of life which the Holy Spirit implants when a person comes to Jesus Christ. Then Peter writes, he says, he uses the word for the third time in the New Testament writings. He says, if you are accused of being and persecuted for being a Christian, bear it joyfully. Don't let it bother you. Don't try to adjust to the times. Don't try to rationalize your faith in Jesus Christ. I remember a rather funny experience now in retrospect. When I came to Christ as a teenager, I, I've said this on the broadcast before, I kept company with some people, some other young men, who didn't have the things of God even close to their lives, and who 
would in fact persecute me if they knew that I had become a follower. So I was still a bit timid. Two or three weeks into my Christian faith, I was coming back from the downtown area on a streetcar, and I had a little gospel of John that they gave out at the tent meetings for new believers. And on came one of my friends on the other side of the track, and Joe said, what's that in your pocket, Audley? And in I was afraid to tell him that I'd come to Christ and they gave me this book. So I said, oh, it's just a book. At which he laughed and pulled from his pocket one of these same Gospels of John. He says, oh, I have one too. I was afraid, but Joe was bold. And we emboldened each other as we moved forward, serving God, living by the grace of God. Oh, yes, times came on failure drastic, terrible failure came by the same Jesus who restored Peter in matchless grace. He restored me, and he would restore my friend Joe, from whom I wanted to hide my Christianity. He and I worked together for years, reaching children for Christ in the city of Kingston. Joe is one of my few friends who is older than I am and still carrying on for God. My friend, God who commissioned Peter is commissioning you. What happened in Peter's life after this will be our topic for next week. Till then, look up, let God guide you. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.